LGBTQI activists will be the first targets for uh, the Russian regime. I don't think that Vladimir Putin believes his adversaries are fundamentally serious right now. We're running around talking about genders and, and, and reparations. Our constitution has enshrined discrimination. Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced that life-saving, gender-affirming medical care would be considered child abuse. The onslaught of state laws targeting transgender Americans and their families. It's simply wrong. To this way out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappell. Singapore's top court dismisses sodomy repeal case. On the front lines with Ukrainian queers, and red states flood the U.S. with transphobic bills. Those stories and more this week. Now that you've chosen this way out. I'm Joe Bainline, and I'm Tanya Kane Perry with News Wrap. A summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending March 5th, 2022. In Singapore, it's once more with feeling as the law against gay male sex prevails in court. But this time, the feeling is slightly better to some. The city-state's five-judge court of appeal dismissed the latest challenge to Penal Code Section 377A on February 28th upholding the High Court's ruling in 2020. 377A is a holdover from British colonial rule enacted in 1938. It criminalizes private consensual adult sex between men and carries a penalty of two years in prison. The Court of Appeal deferred any changes in the law to Parliament while reasoning that it is unenforceable. Therefore, the justices concluded that the three activists who challenged the High Court decision do not face any real and credible threat of prosecution. In other words, since no one's being prosecuted for gay sex, leaving things as they are is okay. The organizers of Singapore's annual LGBTQ-supportive Pink Dot gathering don't think it's okay. They called the court's assurance that the law is not enforceable cold comfort because they said Section 377A's real impact lies in how it perpetuates discrimination across every aspect of life, at home, in schools, in the workplace, in our media, and even access to vital services like healthcare. Thousands attend Pink Dot every year, and the crowds are growing. However, Prime Minister Lee Sien Long defends keeping 377A on the books because he says Singaporeans are not that liberal on these matters. Queer activists and their allies vow to continue to fight for repeal. Colombia's Constitutional Court ruled this week that people should have the option to identify as non-binary on official government documents. The decision supported a 40-year-old Colombian who was assigned male at birth and began transitioning at the age of 20. Dani Garcia changed their name in 2015. Garcia tried to get the gender marker on their government ID changed to indeterminate but the National Registry rejected that request in 2019. The court ordered the registry to issue Garcia a new ID with a non-binary gender designation. The March 1st ruling called the introduction of a third gender option 
an initial step towards effective social participation for countless trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming Colombians. This advance follows a similar move last week in Mexico. A non-binary law student there got a judge to authorize an official change of the gender marker on their birth certificate. It's been months since lawmakers in Yucatan, Mexico, amended the state constitution to establish marriage equality, but they had to modify related existing laws before lesbian and gay couples could begin walking down the aisle. That work is done, and publication in the Government Gazette on March 3rd made it official. Yucatan is the 25th of Mexico's 31 states to gain marriage equality, a 2015 ruling by the Supreme Court of Justice of the Nation called denying civil marriage to same-gender couples a violation of the Constitution. However, the court could only order each state to deal with the matter on its own. The Federal District of Mexico City had already enacted marriage equality in 2009. Eighteen states did it legislatively. Four states have marriage equality because of court rulings. In two states, the executive branch stopped enforcement of the state's ban. One state decided it never had a ban on the books in the first place. His problematic religious discrimination bill has collapsed again. So, Australia's evangelical Christian prime minister is turning on young transgender athletes. Scott Morrison praised a proposal by Tasmanian Liberal Party Senator Claire Chandler to clarify that athletic competition based only on biological sex is entirely legal and does not discriminate. Chandler's amendment to the Sex Discrimination Act is terrific in Morrison's opinion. He said he's given her great encouragement for her so-called Save Women's Sports Bill. Human rights groups like Equality Australia have a different perspective. Their media statement called on lawmakers to stand with trans kids and reject Chandler's cruel and divisive bill. The proposal will likely be all talk until after national elections in May. Equality Tasmania's Dr. Charlie Burton condemned Morrison for using trans people as a political football. He said... We completely reject the cynical abuse of trans people as a weapon in the Prime Minister's political and electoral game-playing. Save Women's Sports Bill proponents predict easy passage in Parliament. However, five Liberal Party members of Morrison's coalition government crossed the floor to sink his religious discrimination bill precisely because of its discriminatory provisions targeting trans, non-binary, and non-conforming youth. Finally, who would censor Friends? The wildly popular TV sitcom still flourishes in reruns around the world, even in China, where it had been available to stream online until 2018. Now the government is cracking down on popular media, and in re-release, it's not so friendly to the show's queer characters. Fans familiar with the series are howling about the disappearance of friend Ross's ex-wife Carol and her lesbian partner. Even the show's LGBTQ references have been deleted or mistranslated. Major Chinese streaming sites like Tencent, Baidu's Aichi Incorporated, 
Alibaba's Yuku and Billy Billy started showing a laundered version of the first season in February. The missing elements are noticeable to many viewers because the show gained an extensive fan base in China in the 1990s through pirated DVDs or downloads. In recent years, China has shut down tens of thousands of websites and social media accounts, many with queer content. Authorities claimed they contained illegal content as well as vulgar and pornographic material. Even references by friend Joey to go out to a strip club have been translated as let's go out to play. Chinese President Xi Jinping ushered in a blanket ban on queer portrayals on television in 2016. Last year, the government's TV ban was extended to what it called sissy men. Posts and comments with related hashtags about the censorship have earned tens of millions of views trending on China's leading social media platform, Weibo. One user complained, covering your mouth and ears does not mean non-existent. Another wondered how the censors would handle a storyline in later seasons that has friend Phoebe birthing triplets as a surrogate for her brother and his partner. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending March 5th, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm Joe Bainline. Stay healthy. And I'm Tanya Kane Perry. Stay safe. Virginia is saying, we hope someday you don't get to be family again. They've been enduring this type of investigation since last week, which has caused incredible stress for the family. I believe that this is a fairness issue, and this is one of the ways that we can address that. I think what this is is an example of Republican overreach on an issue that the American people have long moved past. We'll have reports from these state-level wars against trans youth in the U.S., but first, some scenes from the battleground in Eastern Europe. Is there a correlation between the two? Right-wing pundits seem to have found it. The reason Russia decided to invade Ukraine now. You can start by twisting the words of White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. And I think, as you heard the president say last week, uh, standing up for our values is not without cost. Oh, that's the, quote, answer. Standing up for our values is not without cost, scolds the gender studies major from Oberlin College. Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Fair enough. But what exactly are our values? We're pretty certain it has something to do with trans rights. How could it not? Those are our values. One might think that liberty and justice for all has at least something to do with trans rights, but those with a less democratic, more autocratic bent like that of the Russian president find attention to such trivial matters a signal of national decline. I don't think that Vladimir Putin believes his adversaries are fundamentally serious right now. Pete Hegseth, 
also of Fox News. He doesn't believe the West is a serious civilization. We're running around talking about genders and, and, and reparations and all of this. He sees us divided. He sees us as self-loathing. Uh, and as a result, he thinks this is his moment. First and foremost, what we're seeing is the fruit of wokeness and CRT. Newsmax guest John Mills. Putin and Xi of China are not impressed by this. In fact, it only emboldens them uh, and encourages them to uh, be adventurous. And this is, this is what the fruit of the wokeness culture is delivering. Conservative commentator Dennis Prager even had to throw in Health and Human Services Assistant Secretary Admiral Rachel Levine as a reason for Russia invading Ukraine. We could have prevented it if America were perceived as strong as it has been since the Cold War. But uh, under the Democratic leadership, the country's military is much weaker and is perceived as such by our enemies. Just the, the fact that, uh, I mean, there's no offense against the individual, but a, a transgender admiral does not induce fear. Uh, on the part of our enemies. It, it, it makes us look like we are more interested in woke than we are uh, in power. An inclusive society may be humorous to allegedly all-American Putin mouthpieces like these, but one group that's not laughing now is the Russian army facing off with Ukrainian fighters, civilians and service members who count many brave LGBTQ people in their ranks. One group of Russian soldiers picked the wrong basement to hide out in. It was the Kirkif office of an organization for queer veterans of the Maidan Revolution. Activist Viktor Palipenko and other members took the Russians captive. Palipenko has since rejoined the military. Veronica Lemuna also works with a Ukrainian LGBTQ military rights NGO, and she's now training queer volunteers in basic combat and paramedic skills in Lviv. They're all prepared to fight and perhaps to die for their country, even though there is still plenty to fight for within their country. It's not certain who the armed thugs were who ransacked the LGBT human rights Nashmir Center in Kyiv, the four activists who were assaulted and humiliated there first believed the gunmen were Russian terrorists. However, they could actually have been Ukrainian. Olena Shevchenko of the human rights group Insight knows well that a Russian takeover would be much worse. The lesbian activist spoke to Democracy Now! from Kyiv, where she's staying to help others escape. Well, talking about the LGBTQI activists, of course, we understand, like, we will be the first targets for uh, the Russian regime, because that's what's happening. That's what happened in Russia. That's what's happened during occupation of the Donbass. Then we had uh, a number of those who escaped from those regions because people said they were hunted for the LGBTQI people in those regions. Why? Well, because, like, in Putin's doctrine, in his idea of the Russian world, there is no place to marginalized communities. There is no place to others. 
So basically, of course, we will be the first targets. That's why we are thinking about how we can help people uh, to cross the border now, for those who decided to leave already. Uh, and we basically don't know what will happen with us afterwards or during this crisis or during the occupation. Nobody knows. But we are trying to make our best to survive and to fight more because, like, this is a decision. This is the personal decision to live or to stay and to fight. In other news from the Ukrainian front, Chechen gay purge warlord Magomed Tusheyev was killed on the battlefield. And in a possible diplomatic complication, it's only now being reported that U.S. women's basketball star Brittany Geiner was arrested at an airport near Moscow several weeks ago. The high-profile lesbian Olympian is being held on serious drug smuggling charges after customs agents allegedly found hashish oil vape cartridges in her luggage. She could face up to 10 years in prison. While the team's billionaire Russian sponsors may customarily shield the U.S. players who spend the off-season there from the repressive government, thus far, Griner's Russian team has been silent. The Biden administration has two other U.S. citizens it's been trying to free from Russian prisons. Griner may now represent a gold medal queer bargaining chip for Putin in his showdown with the West. So the bloody invasion of Ukraine continues, and LGBTQ people know exactly what they're fighting for. Army, arm, rejoice, and Ukraine will see daylight and live by fortune's choice. We will lay our soul and body for a cherished freedom, cause the blood will rise the nation for the joyous people. Conservative Christian, right-wing Republican, straight white American male. Gay-bashing, black-fearing, war-fighting, tree-killing, Tucking, friend housing, cake tapping, back slapping, hater of hippies like me. Tree hugging, peace loving, pot smoking, porn watching, lazy ass hippies like me. Right wing politicians in the U.S. are ever more intent on targeting LGBTQ youth with legislative harassment. As Florida's now infamous Don't Say Gay bill sits in the state Senate with Republican presidential hopeful Governor Ron DeSantis eager to sign it, proposed laws restricting LGBTQ-related educational materials are proliferating. Bills to erase LGBTQ issues have cropped up in Tennessee, Kansas, Indiana, and Oklahoma, and that's just to name a few. However, this week's most outrageous anti-queer news shifted the focus from schools to trans children themselves and their parents, and it comes from Texas. Attorney General Ken Paxton issued an opinion that the use of 
puberty-blocking medications and gender-affirming surgeries could meet the definition of child abuse under Texas Family Code. Of course, trans children are rarely considered candidates for surgery, but that's too much information for Texas Values attorney Jonathan Sains. If you cut off certain body parts that relate to private and sexual areas of a child, most of the time, that's irreversible. And so, uh, and a lot of parents and a lot of people across Texas feel that way. They can't believe that we, more hasn't already been done about this. Paxton's non-binding opinion opened the door for Governor Greg Abbott to order the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services to start investigating families suspected of providing their children with gender-affirming care. A worker in that agency who has a transgender child questioned the new policy and found herself and her family one of the first to be investigated. The family and their gender-affirming psychologist filed a lawsuit with the aid of Lambda Legal and the ACLU, represented by Chase Strangio. Last week, Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced that essential, life-saving, gender-affirming medical care would be considered child abuse in Texas. Investigations into loving families have already begun. Today, we filed in court to stop this. This policy is vast government overreach. It is opposed by medical experts and child welfare experts. Loving families across Texas are terrified. This is part of a national effort to attack and criminalize trans young people. But this isn't about safety. This isn't about protection. This is about trying to stop people from being trans. This care saves lives. It saves my life. And we will never stop defending trans young people and the people who love and care for them. District Judge Amy Clark Meacham granted an order to stop that investigation, but it does not cover any other investigations that have been launched into families of trans children. A decision on a statewide injunction is expected in the coming week. The plaintiff's attorney, Paul Castillo, spoke for them. The family's reaction uh, today was one of relief um, for the time being. They've been enduring this type of investigation since last week, which has caused incredible stress for the family. Uh, an incredible ordeal to be able to have somebody look in your home and, and all because you were uh, making family decisions as, as parents. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden condemned Governor Abbott's order and announced that the Federal Department of Health and Human Services will move to assist trans youth in Texas and their families. He had already made his support clear in his State of the Union message and pointed to one potential solution. For our LGBTQ plus Americans, let's finally get the Bipartisan Equality Act to my desk. The onslaught of state laws targeting transgender Americans and their families. It's simply wrong. And I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. The transphobic onslaught marches on. In Utah, Governor Spencer Cox thought he was working out a deal to require individual trans student athletes to get approval from a new state commission to play on teams according to their correct gender. At the last minute, the legislature passed a blanket ban on trans athletes. He's refusing to sign it. 
Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb may be less enlightened about the trans ban now on his desk. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds was quick to sign her state's ban on women and girls playing on teams according to their gender identity. At a press conference long before the bill was passed, she made her position and her blind spot clear. Members of the transgender community say that those kind of bills are hurtful and send a signal that they are not accepted for who they are. Um, have you spoken to any members of the transgender yeah, it community? It doesn't say that, but it says that, you know, it's a fairness issue and we want to make sure that they can compete and have the same opportunities. Is there girl sports or is there not girl sports? Fairness to whom? Girls. I mean, to, to girls. I mean, yeah. what, what about the fairness yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to the people girls. who are being uh, set aside here and not allowed to participate? We either have girl sports or we don't. And so I have said that I believe that this is a fairness issue, and this is one of the ways that we can address that. And if a bill gets to my desk, I will sign it. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is just as tone-deaf about the impact of her state's trans sports ban. Colorado Governor Jared Polis tried to explain in an interview on CNN. There is a statistic circulating around right now that 90% of South Dakota's LGBTQ community is diagnosed with either anxiety or depression. Mm. Um, why do you think that is? I don't know. That makes me sad, and we should figure it out. Look, words matter. Uh, laws matter when a group of people, LGBT youth, feel targeted by the words and laws that some politicians espouse. Of course, it can increase anxiety, depression. Many of them are already dealing with challenging issues in their own family. I think what this is, is it's an example of Republican overreach on an issue that the American people have long moved past. Uh, the American people as a whole uh, you know, are, are completely accepting of, of who people love and, and how they live their lives. And, and these hard policies about saying certain youth can't play sports and certain people aren't allowed in, in certain places or micromanaging what, what restroom people use and mandating what they do are really, frankly, un-American and are an example of Republican overreach, which will ultimately hurt their party if they can't espouse the full diversity of the American people. Someone in the Arizona legislature is listening. Republican State Senator Tyler Pace broke with his party in a committee vote to stall a bill to ban gender-affirming care for trans and non-binary youth. A trans sports ban also died in committee in Maryland's House of Delegates. If you have any doubt that these attacks on LGBTQ youth are not part of a grander scheme, note what just happened in Virginia. Despite the Supreme Court's ruling making marriage equality the law of the land, Virginia's state constitution still bans it. A proposal to strike the useless provision was killed by Republicans on a House committee. Advocates from the religious right spoke at the hearing. We continue to stand for traditional marriage, biblical marriage. Please vote to continue reflecting that in our state constitution. Scholars would say that there's no such thing as traditional biblical marriage, but it's constitutional marriage that's the issue. Carol Shaw was one of the plaintiffs in Virginia's marriage equality case. She told WRIC that she fears all queer families are in danger as this wave of anti-LGBTQ laws grows. Our constitution has enshrined discrimination. As long as this is on the books in Virginia, Virginia is saying, we hope someday you don't get to be family again. They've all come to the
For choosing this way out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Joe Bainline and Tanya Kane Perry, produced by Brian DeShazer. Todd Snyder and Simon and Garfunkel performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentum, and donors David Hunt and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on 2XX Canberra, Australian Capital Territory, KUGS Bellingham, Washington, WIUP Indiana, Pennsylvania, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all. <laughs>